Hello, and welcome to the Future Christian Podcast, your source for insights and ideas into what it means to live as a follower of Jesus in the 21st century. At the Future Christian Podcast, we talk to pastors, authors, and other faith leaders for helpful advice and practical wisdom to help you and your community of faith walk boldly into the future. Here's your host, Lauren Richmond Jr. Hey, and thanks for listening in to the Future Christian Podcast. My name is Lauren Richmond Jr., and I'm pleased to be joined by author, speaker, and realtor, Dan Gomer. Hello. How's it going? Good. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have to say this, Dan. Dan is a realtor extraordinaire, he said at the top. That's <laughs> so, right. That's so, right. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, I've known Dan for quite a while. He's a a little bit about Dan, he's driven by passion to help others discover an empowering vision for themselves and to create the life of their dreams, leveraging his background as a science teacher, basketball coach, real estate investor, and business developer. He takes great joy in inspiring people through his writing and speaking. He lives in Highlands Ranch, Colorado with his wife and two kids. And a uh, fun fact, Dan, I don't know if you remember this, I had reading your book, I, I remembered. Uh, I officiated one of your games back in the day. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, Dan, uh, tell our listeners, what what else would you like our listeners to know about you? You know, um, I, I think that sums it up quite a bit. Uh, you know, I, I took a journey. I, I always wanted to be a teacher. I, uh, I did that for a while and realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And I always tell people that I really enjoyed the the art of teaching, but I didn't like the job. And so yeah. I transitioned into, you know, being an entrepreneur and getting into real estate. And I've been doing that for the last decade. And now I'm kind of coming full circle again. I get to teach again, but I get to teach yeah. in my own way, which is the cool part. Yeah. So I get to go back to the art of teaching. And, uh, you know, so I'm just really excited to uh, open up this new chapter. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, Dan, uh, for, for our listeners, Dan and I... We've known each other, you know, off and on. Obviously, life takes us different places. Um, but we used to go to church together back, gosh, Dan, 20? Yeah, mid-90s. I hate to say that. 25 years ago, I don't feel that old, but holy cow. Right. Um, and we've, we've, we've both really come, uh, gone different, you know, ways from that church setting that we used to be a part of. But talk a little bit about... Um, you know, your faith growing up, how that's changed, developed and grown through the years. Yeah. So, you know, when we met, we were going to a pretty conservative Baptist church in Arvada. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I, I ultimately got away from, from that church just because, um, um, I just felt like it, it, uh, wasn't a good fit for me. You know, it was very strict, mm -hmm. very conservative, um, and ultimately I didn't feel like that really felt like it, it didn't fit with my style. Um, yeah. as I've gotten older, you know, I kind of, I kind of went the opposite direction, you know, think like pastor's daughter kind of thing, right? Like just said, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. out and went the opposite direction. And as I've gotten older, you know, I'm 40 now, um, and I have a little bit more experience under my belt. I'm starting to kind of come back to, uh, learn more about, um, you know, what Jesus Christ was actually trying to teach, what the Bible is about, you know, what is Christianity really about? And not that mm -hmm. I necessarily have all the answers at all, but, um, you know, I'm starting to kind of 
re-explore and, and uh, ask new questions and try and figure it out in a new way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, talk about a spiritual practice you developed or, you know, right, might, might recommend to others. Yeah. So um, one thing that's completely transformed my life is, is meditation. And, you know, a lot of people I think might even call it prayer. Um, but really what it is, is it's just tapping into a higher power. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know that any of us know for sure what that higher power is. But I think when we're in, when we're connected with it, we know it. And um, so for me, one of my daily practices is um, a daily meditation where, you know, I just sit and try and get quiet. <clears throat> and um, I, I really try and just shut up. <laughs> I try and mm, shut, my, yeah. <laughs> shut my brain off, shut my thoughts off, put things on the back burner and just get quiet and just wait and see what what comes. And, um, you know, a big part of being able to write my first book and a lot of the videos and stuff that I've done have come through those meditations where I'm not trying to create anything. I'm just getting quiet and all of a sudden, boom, ideas, thoughts, other things just kind of uh, pop into my mind. And so um, yeah, I'll also use it when I'm stressed or whatever, just to uh, try and um, tap into something bigger than myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I know there's, there's been so many people who have found, um, you know, like you said, uh, some folks more in a Christian context might refer to it as, um, content. I can, I can't say this contemplative prayer. <laughs> I always struggle with words sometimes. <laughs> I like it. Contemplative. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Contemplative prayer. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about your book. Um, you know, this was I, I ran across your this on Facebook the other day and I was like, wow, I got to check this out because I know Dan and I've been really you know excited to see what he's been doing over the last few years. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, Dan, like, can I can I see your book? Can we talk about it on the podcast? So he recently wrote a book called I'm Full of It. Give me the full title. <laughs> I'm full of it. And so are you. Let's change the world yeah. together. <laughs> so I think, you know, I've heard so many people say like, I want to write a book, you know, what made you like, A, why did you want to write a book? And like, what was your goal? How did, how did you get there? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I didn't necessarily always intend to write this book. I started out just kind of writing, um, little blurbs on my computer. Um, I'd have these little ideas that would pop into my mind and I'd write a little piece down and uh, one morning, uh, like I was saying, I was downstairs meditating and the framework for the book just popped into my mind, the, the whole thing, um, like mm -hmm. instantly. And so I ran upstairs, got on my computer, typed it all out, and then just kind of started expanding in each section and rearranging it and everything. You know, I've, I've, I really enjoy writing, which is funny because I like always failed writing and reading when I was in school. You know, I was always terrible yeah. at it language arts was like my least favorite subject. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've enjoyed it more and more. And um, once I had the ideas in, in one place and I, I could start pulling some of these other writings that I had done, putting them into mm -hmm. a place in the book, um, it was kind of cool. And it just, the ball just started rolling from there. And, and uh, I found it to be extremely therapeutic. And yeah. um, 
you know, it's, it's that zone, right? I would sit down and just start going. And yep. the next thing I know, it's like three hours later. And I, I, I don't even know where the time went, you know, and I wrote like 15 pages and it's like, wow, that was really cool. You know? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the book. Cause like I said, I, I was able to, to read some of it. Um, and I just got to say one of the things that I think really impressed me and you mentioned this, like the ther therapeutic nature of it, like, like uh, I was impressed by your, your transparency, uh, you know, um, like, I guess I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Like how, how was that for you? You mentioned it was therapeutic. I, I think, uh, at least for me, at least I, I, I can often be so reticent to share those kind of personal details. Um, yeah. Do you, talk to that if you don't mind. Well, and I, I think the last question that you had asked is, is why I wrote the book. And I think that kind of ties into this as well as, <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had a moment in my life where essentially I just had a breakdown and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I decided in that moment that I, I, I was going to do something to make the world better. You know, um, yeah. I, I was going to stop complaining and do something about it. And, uh, that was years before I wrote the book. But once that idea got planted within me, it was like, okay, I'm going to, what can I do to make the world better? And when this, when the idea for the book came to me, I was like, this is my opportunity to try and make other people's lives better um, by sharing my story. And so there's definitely some, some content in here that I'm like, Oh man, it's tough to share. Yeah. I'm not sure if I should put it in there or, or whatever. And I just keep coming back to what's my objective. My objective is yeah. to try and improve I know what my intention behind the book was and mm -hmm. right, wrong or indifferent, however anybody else sees it is irrelevant. My intention behind the book was to yeah. make the world a better place. And if yeah. there was anything that was in the book that was not an attempt to make the world better, then, you know, it's not in there, but everything that's in there, I see as a way uh, for people to improve their lives. And um, that, that gives me passion. That gives me that fuel that I need to keep going with it. Yeah. And, and I, I also like appreciate, you know, as men so often in, in our culture, uh, we're kind of stereotyped to not be emotional, uh, to not let our feelings show. We're really only the only emotion we're allowed to share is like anger. Right. Right. And, uh, so that's what something I appreciate. So you mentioned something, how you kind of you talk about this in the book and you kind of alluded to that in that story you share about how you had that breakdown. You said, Hey, this is not going to define me. You'd write about in the book about reclaiming your power. And this is something that really resonated with me because, um, I recently, I recently did some kind of like, um, personality type test or evaluation with somebody. And, and one of the things that was pointed out to me was like how in my weak moments, I'm tempted to play like the victim. And that's the opposite of like reclaiming your power or playing the victim is relinquishing control like you talked about. So elaborate on that if you can. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's one of the most important concepts in the book is, <laughs> and you might've experienced this when you were roughing my game, but, uh, in my earlier <laughs> years, especially in my twenties, um, you know, I, I would get so mad at referees and bad calls and like i would just mm -hmm. get heated so fast and i would lose control and yeah. um <clears throat> what i learned eventually was that when i embrace that anger and i go i go back in my life and i look back at my story and it's like why am i so angry 
Why mm -hmm. am I blowing up? What is happening there? And as I become more aware about what, what's happening and what's causing that anger, I now get to become friends with it. And so oh. now there's times where it's like, I need anger, you know, I need to intimidate, you know, somebody's coming up to me mm. on the street trying to attack me, right? Like yeah. I need to intimidate. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can tap into that consciously as opposed to before where it's just some poor referee who is making $20 <laughs> a game and I'm going off on him because he blew a call, you know, um, and I, I have no control over it. So when I talk about reclaiming control, um, really what it is or reclaiming power, it's about um, just that awareness of, of all of the pieces. So even the victimhood, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe at, at some point in your life and we all, we all do this, there was a reason why playing the victim was the best move. It got yeah. you whatever it was that you wanted. And so now once you understand what it was that you were getting by playing the victim, then you can choose to become friends with it and leverage it when you need it and kind of let it sit off to the side when you don't need it. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I officiate a great game uh, when I officiate your game. So I don't think there was any complaining by you at all. Yeah. I always had a great game. <laughs> Good. We'll just assume everything went smooth and hunky-dory. Yeah. Um, you mentioned going back, and I think this is really hard. This is really hard uh, for almost everybody because we're so preconditioned to sweep things under the rug and pretend like, you know, it's in the past. It doesn't matter. Can't do anything about it. Talk about why going back and digging into our past is so important. Yeah, so it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Um, if if I don't address the core issue, let's go back to anger. If I don't address yeah. the core issue behind my anger, then I will never, ever, ever be able to address the issue. I mean, you could you could look at it like. Um, Pretend you're having an argument. You got a Democrat and a Republican, like far right, left, far right, right, right? And they're sitting there arguing back and forth, blah, 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 taking a stance, taking a stance. They are never going to come to an agreement. They are never going to have peace in that conversation until one of them stops and listens to the other person's side and truly internalizes what yep. that other person is trying to get across. And then leveraging that to to find some kind of bridge, right? So it's very similar yeah. in our, our emotions and in our psyche, we got to understand why we do the things that we do, because if we don't know why we do it, how are we ever going to work with it or change it or figure out how to leverage it appropriately? You know, it's like these little pieces of ourselves that are crying out for help. Right. So for me, there was mm -hmm. this, there was this piece of abandonment that I, that I had yeah. held on to from when I was a kid and I was mad and I was angry about it. And so when somebody would do something, that um, I didn't agree with, it would trigger that piece of me and I would get angry and I would get mad and that would come out. Um, yeah. Once I understood that, then it's kind of like, ooh, oh, I recognize that feeling. I, okay, I, I know what's happening here and I don't, I don't want to go down that path. But, but until I went backwards, I really couldn't move forwards intentionally. Like all of my decisions were being yeah. dictated to me by my past experiences because I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, that's a great point, folks. Just like if you need to like rewind, go press the 30 seconds back and listen to that again, because I think that's so profound. 
um, we think we can just move forward, but we're just dragging it all with us if we don't really look back at our past. Um, so you write in the book um, that we're all full of shit, and thankfully I'm not afraid to. We can cuss on this podcast. <laughs> um, this is a hard one for me, Dan. I'll be honest. Like accepting our limitations and moving forward. I think, um, yeah, just to be honest, like that's this is one of the the ones I struggle with the most is like being okay with my imperfections. So you write that perfection's not the goal, just doing it better. Like, yeah, help me out then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I start out the book talking about Sir Isaac Newton and about how he's a great, <clears throat> a great physicist. He did some amazing things, mm -hmm. but just like you and me, he's full of shit. You know I mean? He's just, you know, I, I mentioned in there, he's probably at a dinner party at one point and somebody asked him some question that he didn't know. And he pulled out some answer that sounded great, but really had no idea what he was talking about. Right. Um, yeah, you know, we all do these things, right. There was something quirky about him. Um, and it's not that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, my anger doesn't make me a bad person. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, I had to come to grips with the fact that I was angry and it was holding me back. Yeah. I had to come to grips with the fact that sometimes I can be self-centered. I had to come to grips with, you know, whatever these other, whatever these things are, like I embody all of them. Like, you know what it means to be self-serving. You know what it means to be intolerant. You know what it means to be happy, joyful, passionate, prideful. You know, we all know all of these emotions. We've all felt them at some point in our life. So the yeah. more that we pretend that we don't embody all of these components within ourselves, you know, the more that we're getting, we're pushing ourselves away from really being able to tap into our greatness. The more that we, we recognize that we embody all of it, which is the name of the book. I'm full of it. It really comes down yeah. to it. We are full of all of it, the good and the bad. And we just have to accept that. Yeah. Sometimes we suck, but sometimes we're awesome. And, everything in between. Um, and that takes the pressure off. We don't have to be perfect mm -hmm. anymore. We don't have to be the best at or number one or, you know, you know, perfectionism. Uh, yeah, that was one of my things. I was yeah. the biggest like head in the clouds, couldn't care about mm -hmm. anything. And that got beaten out of me at a young age. That's not the way you live life. And yeah. unbeknownst to me, I turned into a perfectionist and a lone wolf. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And people started telling me this and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's true um, because yeah. I was, I was overcompensating for something that I refused to admit to myself. Um, once mm -hmm. I admitted mm -hmm. that, holy, I, I am a perfectionist. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Why? Why am I a perfectionist? then yeah the work begins to unravel it interesting dan you need to check out uh i don't know if you've heard this term maybe you're listening to richard Rohr. you've heard this term the enneagram yeah i don't recall what it is i, I do listen to so, a lot of richard Rohr, though you should um if you go to the enneagram institute you can kind of take their assessment and i wonder if you would be uh, a one, which is, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, is a perfectionist. Um, 
but what's helpful about the Enneagram, it's, you know, it's similar, of course, to like the majority of personality tests, but rather than just like Myers-Briggs telling you like what you are, uh, it talks a lot about kind of like your strengths, shadow sides, which you talk about shadow sides, um, you know, areas to improve yourself. It's like for me, like I'm a five, which is like an investigator. Um, so like, I love like reading books, digging into stuff, but like I can easily like isolate. So like, I have to be aware of like when I'm isolating myself or, you know, purposely or, or, you know, feeling like I'm the victim because no one wants to talk to me, but because I'm not really putting myself out there to talk to people. Um, yeah, I'll have to send you a link uh, for the Enneagram. I, th I thought it was pretty cool. Um, going back to though, you mentioned it. Uh, you're, we're all full of it. And that's kind of what you're, if I'm understanding correctly, you're basically saying like, we're all full of everything, good and bad. Is that, is that right? Right. Yeah. I mean, have you ever felt pain? Yeah. Happiness? Joy? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've, we've... joy seems hard to come by right now, but yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we all, if somebody says an emotion word to you, mm -hmm. pretty much anybody can tap into that emotion. Right. Yeah. And so that means that we're full of, full of all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you look at like the disc profile, which is another personality test, and I've, yeah. I've done a few yeah. other ones, like I'm a, I'm a, a pretty high D right. Like a driver, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but I have pieces from all of, of the segments and mm -hmm. um, I may be stronger in one category, but that doesn't mean I'm completely incapable of doing all of the other stuff. Yeah. So we are full of it. We're full of everything we need to create the life that we want right now. You know, that's, that's the biggest message that I'm trying to get across to people is that, well, yeah, but there's the, forget all that noise. You have everything you need within you right now. All it comes down to is tapping into the pieces that you need to leverage to create the life that it is that you desire. Yeah, Dan, uh, I'm a big fan of something called family systems theory, uh, which is a psychological theory developed by this guy named Murray Bowen. Uh, and I've studied it from a, a Jewish uh, rabbi who, who kind of applied it to church and congregational settings. Um, Edward Friedman, I always blank on names. Um, but he talks a lot about, and, and what I, what I thought was cool was like you, I found a lot of like crossover themes that you talked about. Uh, that's, it's more developed in this family systems idea, but it get, it really goes back to something that this guy Friedman has written about is like, we often make things seem worse than they are and don't really recognize the amount of influence and control we have over the situation. Um, you know, like, you know, one example is like if you're exposed to a lethal dose of radiation, like, you know, that, that's it. Like, there's not a lot you can do. But most scenarios, the vast majority of scenarios, they're not that bad. Um, and there's an element of control that we have in them. Um, um, yeah, I was going somewhere else with that, too. But keep well, going. I, I think that that's interesting because um, the, uh, I'm developing a webinar right now um, and the concept of the webinar, it's called Life on Purpose, choosing uh -huh. to uh, break the cycles that are keeping you cornered. So yeah, so a, a huge component of that is 
choice. Choice comes from awareness. So as we become Mm -hmm. more aware of who we are and why we do the things that we do, we start to gain more options. And without options, there's nothing to choose from. If there's no options, we're just reacting, right? Like something happens Mm -hmm. and we react. Yeah. But if something happens and we're hyper aware of everything that's going on within us, around us and everything, we're very aware. Now all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, well, I could react with anger, love, compassion. You know, I could run. Now I've got a choice. And so a life on purpose means that you are choosing the life that you want to lead. And that comes from choice. It comes from awareness. Um, you know, if, yeah. if, if you're not aware, then it's just like, oh, well, I'm screwed. Yeah, <laughs> right. <Give up. laughs> you know, some, and uh, surely we all feel that way. I'm sure at some point, uh, sometimes as we're recording this, COVID is going nuts uh, end of November. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll even say like there's been times where I've feel like I've been borderline like on a panic attack. Like my wife's a nurse and she's there's been a couple nights she's called me like freaking out. And then I start freaking out and I've kind of had to realize like, okay, what can I control? Lauren, what can you control? You can control like wearing a mask, limiting your exposure, washing your hands. Like that's what you can control. And I, I can't worry about the rest. Yep. Well, that's, that's, that's it right there. Right. Worry. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I, that, that perfectionism piece, one of the reasons it was killing me, was worrying literally was there was never a moment of chilling out lighten up you know um it was just like (laughs) everything was an issue everything had to be resolved everything had to be taken care of and it was just so yeah just all the time boy that is that is my shadow side dan oh my goodness you're speaking to me because like you know i work full time uh i'm working on an mba right now on the side and like I'm off, this is Thanksgiving week and I have no, no school. So I'm like, what am I going to do with my evenings? So the evenings is when I do schoolwork. I'm like, how do I relax? I don't know how to relax. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think that, um, I, w- I was actually having a conversation with my mom the other night. Um, and she was talking about politics and stuff like that. And some stuff we agree on, some stuff we don't. Yeah, but she started kind of going off on these tangents about, um, you know, I would classify them as more like conspiracy theory kind of things, you know. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, and she's like, well, you really ought to look into this. You got to spend some time on it. You got to dig in because you don't know how you're getting screwed, you know. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't care. You know, my mm-hmm. argument isn't whether those theories are right or wrong. I don't have enough information mm-hmm. to make that determination, and I don't care. Um, really yeah. what it comes down to is that I don't have the time or the energy to worry about that. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to worry about my family. I'm going to worry about my book. I'm going to worry about my speaking. I'm going to worry about doing my part to make the world a better place. Like assuming those are all true. Yeah. What am I going to do about it? Well, yeah, I'm, not a lot. I'm not going to become a politician. I'm not going to yeah. go protest. I'm not going to riot. I'm going to write my books and I'm going to speak and I'm going to influence the world as best I can. So I don't care if it's true. (laughs) I had to let it go. You know, know? I've come, I've come, uh, what am I trying to say? I've taken a similar approach where I've 
from a different angle, a similar type approach though. Cause I've thought about like, you know, uh, uh, this summer when so much stuff was protesters going down about, you know, the, the killings of Brianna Taylor and uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, I was like seeing all these people protest. I'm like, yeah, I want to say black lives matter and all that. And then, then I'm like, boy, how do I feel like guilty? Like I should be doing more that somehow I could, you know, I, I had to think about like, what, what is it? difference that really make if i'm out there holding a sign whereas where can i and i I thought and said like where how can i make a difference in my world right now you know how can i how can i say that you know every human being is valuable and we need to care about uh, the marginalized and and the the oppressed like that's where i can make a difference and that's where i'm going to do right absolutely worry about what you can control you know Yeah. yeah well uh something we've been kind of talking around that I want to highlight because I'm a pastor and I love talking about theology is you write in your book about, uh, our God given power. And, and I really appreciate you writing about that because again, as a, as a pastor and I would say a theologian, like I kept seeing that throughout this book, like all this stuff is, you know, I believe it's the, some might say like the spark of the divine within us. Yeah. I, I love uh, that phrase. Actually, that's that's great. I might have to steal that. <laughs> I don't think it's original with me. Someone else said it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll steal it from you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? Um, I always had. Okay, so let, let's go back to my breakdown. Yeah. You know, it's not that all of a sudden I had more knowledge. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. went from breakdown to F this, I'm going to change the world. You know, I didn't have new knowledge or anything, nothing like that. I already had everything right within myself to make that decision. Um, It was just simply a matter of recognizing something that was really valuable within me that I had been either shaming or pushing down or just completely unaware of because I was distracting myself or falling into the victimhood or whatever it was, right? I was distracting myself from tapping into my true potential. So it's not that it wasn't there. It's just Mm -hmm. that I wasn't paying attention to it. So when I say, you know, your God-given power, it's something that's bestowed upon all of us when we're born. Yeah. No matter how, like I'm reading a book right now um, by John O'Leary. Really good book. It's called In Awe. And it's all about Mm -hmm. how to live your life like a kid. It's phenomenal. Um, But in that book, he talks about um, a prisoner who was sentenced to death row or not death row, but he ended up going to prison for a long time. He had like a hundred year sentence and eventually had this moment of clarity and said, I'm not going to do this anymore. Turned his life around, got out after like 10 or 15 years and then became like mm-hmm. this really well-known speaker and is doing all these amazing things to make the world better. So once again, he had a, a really challenging upbringing, so many things that went against him. And in a moment, in a moment, he transformed just like mm-hmm. I did. And, yeah. and, and that's because it was within us all along. It's just about becoming present with it and becoming aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. Again, from a religious context, we 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 might almost use the words transformation, you know, uh, to use a religious word. So, well, uh, I feel like we could spend another twenty to thirty minutes talking about this stuff. But um, let's move on. Let's take a break real quick, and we'll come back with some closing questions. 
It's not like we haven't all said it enough lately. These are unprecedented times. COVID-19 has upended the way we do life, community, and church. As church leaders, we find ourselves disoriented. Outreach, connection, cultivating a sense of team among church staff and creatives, nothing works like it did before. Torn Curtain Arts gets it, and we're here to help. We strengthen the creative soul of churches. It's why we exist. And in these times, we have dedicated ourselves to helping churches set up live streaming solutions and assisting with live events. We also provide coaching for worship leaders as well as substitute worship leading for both in-person and online events. Contact us at torncurtainarts.org and let's chat about how we can keep you connected to your creativity in this season and grow your community. All right, we're back with Dan Gomer, author, uh, speaker, and realtor extraordinaire. <laughs> so, Dan, <laughs> I always tell folks you can take these closing questions as seriously or not as you like them. So... If you're a Pope for a day, what do you want to do? Anything? <laughs> I don't know. Anything come the, to mind? What does the Pope do every day? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if I was I mean, the Pope, you know, if I was the Pope for the for the day, um, yeah. I would for sure um, hold a, uh, a Pope conference. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> bring, love bring it. Bring everybody together, and I would talk about an inspiring message of some sort and try and uh lift the spirits of everyone there there you go there you go good uh a historical christian figure or theologian you might want to meet or bring back to life so um mlk would fall into that right yeah he was a, he was a pastor right yeah um yeah. you know uh he was the first one that popped into my mind um just mm -hmm. because if you go back and listen to like really break down his speeches and his message and everything, the way that he brings power to oh, yeah. a, like a, it's a, it's a message of love. And I don't, I don't think passivity is the right word. Maybe it is, but, um, not engaging in hate. Right. 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 But yet yeah. it's so strong. So powerful. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You named it right there. Like it's nonviolent, but it's not weak. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We need, yeah. We need more people like him. MLK 2024. <laughs> I have a whole book full of his speeches that I had to read in seminary. So if, let me know if you want to borrow it sometimes. It's two, three inches thick. I didn't read them all because that's a lot of reading. But um, what are your thoughts on what history will remember us for in this current time and place? Are you talking like Americans or humanity or? Hey, that's up to you, man. <laughs> you know, um, gosh. You know, it's funny. Uh, I would just say, I, I think we're in a time of transition. I, I think we really yeah. are in a time of transition. Um, COVID is a nightmare, but um, man, it's bringing a lot of stuff to the forefront. You know, you look at yep. politics, you look at fear around politics and COVID and all of this stuff, you know, it just kind of, 
it feels like there's, you know, there's a lot of people talking about meditation and yoga and spirituality that's, you know, and religion and how it all plays together. I just feel like um, it's kind of like the spiritual industrial revolution. <laughs> oh, I like it. You know? I like it. You know, it's funny. You're not the first one to mention that, Dan, to be honest. Um, I think if we look back at church history, and I'll try not to nerd out too much here, uh, spiritual revolutions have usually been defined by increased church attendance. And there's been others to point out, like you, that, hey, God works not always in the ways we'd expect. And uh, it just because church attendance isn't necessarily increasing doesn't mean that God's not working, bringing about change and good in our world. So I love it. Yeah. Um, hopes, hopes for the future of Christianity. You know, um, my hope for the future of Christianity is that it brings people together. Um, yeah, you it. know, nothing, nothing, nothing hurts me more when I see Christians preaching hate towards any group, you know? Um, and, uh, going back to the MLK thing, um, mm -hmm. we can bring power, we can bring energy, we can bring all of that to a conversation. That's also 100% all inclusive, um, mm -hmm. with love and compassion for everybody. And I think ultimately that's, that's really what Christianity is all about. And, um, so my hope is that it continues to progress down that path over time. Awesome. Well, uh, Dan, where can folks find out more about you and, uh, and your book? Yeah. So, uh, my website is pretty hard to remember. DanGomer.com. Hopefully you don't forget that one. Uh, here's the book. You can get, yeah. it, you can get it on Amazon. I'm full of it. And so are you. Um, and, uh, my YouTube channel right now, if you go to YouTube and just search Dan Gomer, my name will pop up. I need a hundred subscribers. It's, we just launched the YouTube channel with the book. So it's fairly new. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind hopping on there and, and, uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel, we'll be putting lots of new content up. And the whole point of the YouTube channel, just real quick is that it's to bring a lightheartedness to serious topics, you know, um, cause we don't have to be so serious yeah. all the time. <laughs> well, it's a great way to, it's a great way to break down the tension too. Right. Right. Yeah. So, well, Dan Gomer, uh, I'll say Dan Gomer, I'll check out YouTube, Dan Gomer. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be one of your subscribers here. I know it's, it's so hard to get that first, uh, century mark. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, Dan, thanks so much for your time. And, uh, really hope for hope for the best for your book and uh, i always leave folks with a word of peace so may god's peace be with you thank you lauren i really appreciate you uh putting this together and thanks for having me on it was a great conversation thanks for joining us on the future christian podcast to learn more about lauren or the podcast visit future-christian.com but hey before you go do us a favor subscribe to the podcast and leave a review it really helps us get the word out to more people. Thanks, and go in peace.